Family removed from their shelter in Regina with nowhere to go. Peter Kill gets eight years for the murder of Jonathan Styers. Inquiry in Labrador into the treatment of Inu children hears from survivors of abuse at state-run boarding schools. And the family of a Mexican man slain for protesting a Canadian mine project wants justice from an international body. Good morning. It's Thursday, June 8th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. We start this morning in Regina, where a family who was living in an encampment had their dwelling dismantled by someone or some group. Sarah Oyango from CBC News reports that it wasn't clear who actually dismantled the camp. Cops were called to the site yesterday morning. Police said that the quote unquote property owner wanted the people kicked off of their site. Previously, the owner and Randy Netmaker, the person who was living there with his family, had an agreement that allowed him to be there. Netmaker lived with his two adult children, and he'd also previously lived in another camp, Camp Hope at Pepsi Park, before it was dismantled in 2021. Netmaker can't get social assistance because he has no ID and no address. I also wonder if he would even be able to get someone on the line, considering the news I mentioned yesterday about the 60% of calls going to SIS in Saskatchewan not being answered. Next to Hamilton, where Peter Kill has been sentenced to eight years in prison for murdering a Six Nations man named Jonathan Styers. The trial has stretched for a long time, seven years. There have been two trials, actually, a mistrial and many appeals that have gone up right to the Supreme Court. And not surprising, Kill is appealing this sentence, even though he's already in custody. Kill murdered Styers when he came across him breaking into his truck in his driveway. The Crown argued that it was murder, and Kill called it self-defense, blaming his actions on his military training because he thought Styers had a weapon. He didn't. I don't know if you remember this case many years ago, but some people tried to use this as a version of Canada's stand-your-ground laws, saying that in perceived self-defense, Kill was justified in murdering Styers. According to the Brantford expositor's Susan Gamble, the judge said this, Civilians should not take matters into their own hands. Responding with lethal force should only be a last resort and only in a limited fashion. Unquote. The judge was not convinced that that was the case here. Next, to the inquiry into the treatment of Inu children in Labrador. The commission is called the Treatment Experiences and Outcomes of Inu in the Child Protection System and is meeting right now in Shishetshu Inu First Nation. Yesterday's hearing focused on the abuse that students experienced at the Northwest River Institute that was operated by the International Grenfell Association. Students would try to run away, but dormitory staff would call the cable car that connected Northwest River to their community to not let the kids on board. The kids would be captured by police and sent back to the institution. The former Inu Nation Grand Chief, David Nuke, addressed the commissioners this week as well. He survived the 60s scoop and abuses by the church and residential school, and he's fed up with commissions. He wants the nation's outstanding land claim agreement to be settled with the federal government and for resources to help them train. CBC's Heidi Adder quoted Nuke saying, We can train people to be wildlife officers, to be fisheries officers, to be police officers, to be pilots. That's what reconciliation would mean to me. Please make this happen. Please give us meaningful results. And finally, the family and friends of Mariano Abarca are seeking justice for his murder at the International American Commission on Human Rights. 
Abarka was shot and killed outside of his home on November 27, 2009. He had been leading protests against the creation of a barite mine in Chiapas, Mexico. There had been demonstrations and blockades to try and stop the project. Abarca had been beaten and threatened for having been one of the protest leaders. The company that operated the mine was Blackfire Exploration LTC from Calgary. The case hinges on the question of whether or not Blackfire is responsible for Abarca's death, as they knew he was at risk and did nothing to stop the risks to him. Canadian embassy officials are also involved in the allegations, as they did not push Blackfire to consider the rights of free speech or other democratic values in how they deal with protesters. His supporters tried to get the case tried in Canada, and after trying several avenues... The Supreme Court decided that they would not hear the case, reports the Canadian press. Abarca's supporters complaint argues that, quote, Canada must make reparations for violating his rights to life, freedom of expression, association and due process under the law, unquote. Abarca's son, Jose Luis Abarca Montejo, released a statement through Mining Watch that said this, quote, The case is important not only for my family, but for all other human rights and environmental defenders around the world who have the misfortune of catching the eye of Canadian mining interests. Those are your headlines for Thursday, June 8th. I'm Nora, and I hope you have a good day.